0: Welcome to All About Blockchain. We're showcasing the work of scholars funded by the University Blockchain Research Initiative, UBRI. Ripple founded UBRI in 2018 with a 50 million philanthropic gift towards global university partners. Our goal is to accelerate understanding, innovation, and adoption in blockchain. And to find out more about this, you can go to ubri.ripple.com. This show gives a voice to those academics developing real world use cases that solve for today's challenges. My name is Lauren Weymouth, and I'll be your host. So today we're talking about leveraging blockchain to create value out of biodiversity. That's a fancy technical way of saying an effort to preserve the Amazon rainforest. And here with us is Marcos Antonio Simplicio Jr., a professor at the Polytechnic School of University of São Paulo. Marcos is an engineer by trade and a data security expert. And when COVID-19 does not have us all sheltering in place, you can find him researching in the Laboratory of Architecture and Computer Networks. I've had the pleasure of meeting Marcos both on campus in Brazil and here in the States, and he is the nicest man. So kind that he is joining us in the midst of being blessed with a 17-day-old baby girl at home. Welcome, Marcos.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So Marcos, is building blockchain easier than navigating a newborn?
1: I think they actually have a lot in common. Both are exciting subjects and sometimes quite hard to tame, especially her. But I I do have to say that using blockchains is a bit easier, I think. Because with blockchain, at least I know what I'm doing. But uh, with my daughter, really, I'm pretty confident I have no idea of what I'm doing. It's just grasping at straws and seeing what happens next.
0: Yeah, they don't come with manuals, huh?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, for an engineer, that's really hard.
0: I can imagine. Well, where should we start? How about maybe take us through the decade-long national debate between economic development of the Amazon and conservation of the rainforest?
1: Sure. Well, the, the Amazon forest is seen as a great asset of Brazil for a few reasons actually. Uh, one is that uh, it works as a huge natural humidifier and air conditioner for the country and some say for the world even. Creating the fine rivers, it's like some massive amounts of vaporized water that travel thousands of kilometers and in the end it's essential for Brazilian agribusiness itself which is one of the main sources of the GDP in the country. So it's kind of a rainmaker but from the real world and given this importance It's uh, well, one could expect at least (laughs) that uh, it would be in the country's best interest to preserve the forest standing uh, as is, or even expand it a little, but that's not necessarily the case all the time. The federal government did put a lot of effort into reducing. The early deforestation in the last decades, in particular from 2005 to 2014, there was a perceptible uh, decline in Brazil, kind of became a reference on preservation at that time. In the last years, however, uh, and in particular right now with our Current uh, government, things took a turn to the worse, and we are going back to levels of deforestation similar to those that we had like 10 years ago. Some deny that this is happening, <laughs> but it's a bit hard to be in denial after seeing the satellite images. It's really uh, sad to see. So,
0: deforestation is a major threat. What are other current threats?
1: Things like destroying large areas and extracting the woods and turning that region into farms or pastures. And even forest fires to clean the land so people can go and raise crops there. And there are also, right now, the extraction of gold is getting bigger. Because, I mean, uh, for a long time, Brazil did not extract gold from that region. I mean, it's hard to get there uh, because of the forest. <laughs> but when you're the forest, you can go there and extract the gold in that region. So that's, that's mostly the, the main threats right now.
0: Okay, so there have been some attempts to reconcile the economic development by siloing off specific areas or not completely cutting down trees, just using the fruits or part of the resources, and other methods that you discussed. What have we learned from them, and what else do we need to do?
1: Well, it's complicated actually to reconcile things. One of the uh, approaches is just let's destroy things, grow crops go uh, livestock put livestock in there and the more destructive approach like is killing the goose that lays the golden eggs uh, it's simply short-sighted you cannot get much money in a sustainable way just destroying everything you have there and you cannot afterward produce as much rain as you could with the forest standing. So in the end, the two approaches, just destroy and extract everything you can, are both bad ideas. I heard the vice president saying uh, what we are doing is an interesting thing, that is taking money out of what is one of the most important sources of value from the Amazon forest, that is biodiversity, and that's what we are trying to do with blockchain.
0: We can hear that you're passionate about this subject. I mean, in this podcast, we specifically talk about the use of blockchain technology to solve problems. So introduce us to what you've been working on that could possibly make this a better situation.
1: The idea is called actually Amazon 4.0, just the fancy way of saying let's use technology to uh, take some more value out. Of the forests and without destroying it, obviously the idea is to turn the biodiversity of the forests and local knowledge that some plant has some medicinal um, uh, usefulness, and the people from that region only know that.
0: So biodiverse features are like medicinal properties?
1: Medicinal, also, you can have something as uh, seen as a food supply, something that can go for cosmetics, not exactly medicinal, but more for the beauty of the world. So different human needs. Exactly. Mostly those those industries. It's pharmaceutical, uh, it's food industry, and the cosmetics industry. Those uh, We have seen a lot of success in those areas so far with herbs, trees, uh, fungi and whatever can be taken out of the forest without destroying it uh, for example, uh, my personal experience if you are already had chocolate made out of cupua or even just regular chocolate with cuposu. It's really something to remember. <laughs> and it's one of the examples of uh, fruits that are really uh, very regional that can be used for the food industry and uh, are not very well known in the world. Why not make them more well known?
0: Well, it sounds like next time I smell Chanel Number no. 5, I should think about the
1: Amazon. Oh yeah, that's one of the <laughs> also big cases, use cases of using Amazon products. Uh, it's uh, the, ori- the origin actually is not necessarily from Amazon, but the Amazon had the largest amount of trees, those uh, rosewood trees uh, in the 80s, I think. And th- those are used a lot for producing the channel number number 5 now we do not have much of those woods anymore so it was kind of too much extraction but if you already heard about acai which is a fruit that gives you lots of energy and that's (laughs) what we are going for here (laughs) something that does not have to really cut the wood to extract something just preserve it and if you have to cut and you have also the the palm tree uh, acai is a palm tree so you can also have uh, eat its contents after you cut it Uh, it's really great
0: So how does blockchain come into Amazon
1: 4.0? Actually, the the guys that came with the idea, they are the the brothers, Nobre, uh, Ismael, and Carlos, they, well, actually, Ismael came to me with other biologists, and he just said, we want to use blockchain to create value out of biodiversity in the uh, Amazon forest. I just looked at him and said, what do you think that blockchain does, (laughs) because really uh, creating money out of biodiversity with blockchain, that sounds really interesting, but not sure if that's going to fly. And then he explained to me the idea is basically to make a biobank where you can extract DNA from plants, from trees, whatever in the area, and register that into a blockchain with traceability so we know who created that uh, intellectual property that is DNA and if some product is made out of that DNA afterward by by some interested industry, we can just remunerate everyone in the chain that helped creating that asset. But uh, then combining blockchain with other technologies like uh, torrent for the distribution of the data and having the blockchain do what does best, that is auditability, traceability, we were able to create kind of a collaborative environment where people can enter the data people can process the data i mean the raw dna is kind of useless you have to process it to make it more useful for the for the industry and download it share it and then create products out of it and pay for those who helped you to create those products
0: so the blockchain is creating this open source database that's secure and that can share all this information on the properties of a Brazil net or some of the other materials in the rainforest.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. We want to combine the biodiversity, the DNA itself, the the raw data and processed data, but uh, I mean, uh, DNA data with uh, knowledge from the people that live there. Because uh, actually, humanity is pretty bad at creating new substances out of the blue. Usually, we just mimic what we get from the environment. We did that for uh, penicillin, for example, that we got from fungi that would kill bacteria. So... That's the same idea. If someone knows that, well, this fruit or this uh, plant is good for like fever, what we want is to study that specific plant, extract from the DNA the information that says, well, this is the substance that we are using to put the fever down. And then create products out of it, even sometimes extracting from the plant itself, or even if we go to the industry, uh, we can manufacture it on our own. So uh, the idea is to combine knowledge, DNA and biotechnology to create new products that are worth millions maybe.
0: Who is gathering all the raw data now? or Is it happening now? Are, peop- are there scientists or is it the local people that are gathering this information in the Amazon area?
1: We are planning to collaborate with the uh, NGOs and local communities, the natives that live there that have knowledge about what each plant does there, what's the value itself from a human perspective. And then we can use this combination of uh, knowledge, DNA, and biotechnology to create new products.
0: Does this create an efficiency for NGOs? Now that there's going to be this database, will this help NGOs collaborate with their own knowledge and manpower?
1: We certainly hope so. The point is that there are many NGOs there, uh, not necessarily integrated. There are initiatives from different perspectives. And if we are able to like gather many NGOs from different places, because the Amazon Forest itself is... is really huge into a common goal that would be interesting for them to collaborate also in other initiatives. And that's why the Amazon 4.0 is kind of an umbrella, because it also covers other initiatives, like making people that raise Brazilian nuts more integrated, so they know what each other are doing, maybe even create a product, uh, a company out of it, other than just uh, selling small amounts and being underpaid for those amounts they sell. So the, the idea is really to create a collaboration using this platform, as one of the starting points for this kind of collaborations to happen.
0: So this distributed database containing all the assets, as you call it, a biobank. Who can economically benefit from this?
1: Well, actually, uh, anyone that knows how to process DNA and make products out of it. uh, The the biotechnology industry is growing in the world. I think I, I saw some numbers like billions of dollars being invested in this kind of stuff. Uh, but mostly, it's uh, food industry, the pharmaceuticals industry, and the cosmetics industry. Uh, there are even big ones in Brazil that are interested in this kind of stuff. I won't say names, but we do hope that uh, industries from that, uh, from those sectors are going to be interested in this initiative.
0: So in addition to helping conserve the Amazon rainforest, it's potentially going to increase profits for pharmaceuticals, cosmetics, food production companies.
1: Yes, and that is actually the way to reconcile the destruction versus the preservation. The guys that promote destruction uh, say mostly people who work with preservation do not get any money out of it. They live, they, they they survive, they do not live. So if we can make a lot of money out of it and remunerate those people, they will see the value of the forest. That that already happened with uh, acai itself. It's a success case because usually it was cut for the palm that is inside, I mean, for for the the contents of the assay tree. And now people are exploring the fruit, which is much better.
0: But I love that it's making whole use of a plant. So you're not just using a part of it and then shedding the rest and creating waste, but you're really utilizing the whole product.
1: So another example is the yucuba tree. Until recently, it was seen as a low-value wood. It was used mostly for broomsticks. You see, it's not really very valuable. But recently, some researchers found out that its seeds could be turned into a highly valuable butter for cosmetics. So now the standing okouba tree generates uh, three times more in a year uh, what could be generated with a single tree cut. So you see, you would have a one-time fee paid for you, and now you can have three times that and every year. That's sustainability. That's what we want to promote.
0: I love that. I love that the standing tree creates more value than taking it down. And that keeps it harmonious in the cycle. It's great.
1: People are discovering uh, new things, new ways to get money out of what the forest has to offer. I mean, billions of years of evolution created those trees there, uh, those products. Why not you take advantage of it?
0: Well, I know you have a lot of partners on this project, and I give you a lot of credit because I know you're the real technical guy, and you've kind of been keeping it really high level for us so that we can fully conceptualize the project. But maybe you can go through a little of your thinking on what was required architecturally to build such a thing as Amazon 4.0 on blockchain.
1: The architecture itself, uh, it has two blockchains in it. The whole idea is that we have this first the first point, the, it's the entry point, how to get data into the system. So there are those kind of cheap PCR devices that can be used to extract DNA data out of anything you put into them. You just need the, the chemicals and some training, use those pieces of uh, equipment, give the people, the local people this uh, capability of using them. And that's the entry point to the system. I mean, uh, people just need the internet and those PCR devices. Then comes the uh, two technologies that go together to build the architecture blockchain for registering the, the data itself, but the data will not be the DNA data directly. It should be kind of a torrent or a magnetic link, a link. To the data that could be downloaded so it can be uh, stored in different places uh, collaboratively even at the ngo at uh, the universities and to access that people should uh, pay some kind of uh, fee so we are calling it a biocoin, kind of a- currency to buy the biodiversity products that are generated and are into this architecture. And people can also process it. So you can make money out of the processing of the DNA data, so you can download it, uh, even maybe paying a fee for that, but after you process the DNA, you can register this DNA process. DNA. Uh, the biologists call it uh, it's annotated DNA. Uh, and then we have a chain that says and everything there registered on a blockchain. Every entrance point, not the data itself, but every action that's made over the data and pointers, so people can download this data securely uh, with access control and all. And when someone wants to buy it, it also should purchase some bio coins. And that would give access to the download of this data. So, this is basically the, the architecture. Uh, it's completely distributed. Data is all over different computers. A blockchain is maintained by a, a federation and universities, NGOs, government, uh, whoever wants to participate. Uh, but, I mean, federated, so it has access control on it. And, There is a second blockchain separated so that those BioCoins can be exchanged between people. So it could even talk with uh, regular blockchains or fiat currency and people can exchange products using this BioCoin as a product there. So we hope the BioCoin will like be some actual coin for people to exchange products in the Amazon region, for example.
0: So you're combining blockchains and using smart contracts for incentivizing people to access?
1: Yes. The idea is that uh, the people that enter the data, they can say, well, I uh, want some share of the products that are going to be made out of it. And, but I, I will not take 100% of the shares. If someone wants to process this data for me to make it into an annotated DNA, you can also get a share out of it. So the idea is to regulate who gets how much for each DNA product that is inserted into the database. And when someone from the bio industry wants to use some data, they are fully aware of what are the conditions, what are the the value of those products, right? What are the usage uh, according to the locals? And then uh, we have kind of uh, intellectual property built in using those smart contracts to say how the intellectual property is handled in the the blockchain itself and into the real world when products come out of it.
0: Well, it sounds like a fair system. So will the NGOs or the traditional community that lives in the Amazon that will be collecting the data, will they, in other words, be paid for their
1: work? Yes, the idea is to remunerate everyone. Uh, Those who gather the data, the raw data, those who process the data. So it's like mining, right? (laughs) But uh, it's useful mining. You are using your processing power to create uh, DNA, annotated DNA to create uh, more information out of data, harder than just uh, looking for hashes, if you think uh, proof-of-work. For those also who distribute the data, so you're going to store and you're going to use your uh, bandwidth to distribute this uh, data to others, why not getting paid for that? And so anyone that contributes with the system should get some BioCoins at some point and how many biocoins that's going to be handled by the smart contracts there should be a like umbrella smart contract that says the the limits for everyone and when you enter your own data you can uh, within those limits say how much you want how much you are going to uh, share with others that are going to help your dna raw dna data become real useful dna data to be used by the industry
0: well, Amazon 4.0 sounds like the perfect project, because not only are you promising to save the rainforest, increase profits for companies, but you're also giving people jobs.
1: Yeah, that's basically the, the idea. Uh, I mean, there are, it's not perfect. There may be biopiracy in this, <laughs> this kind of scenario. Do
0: you say biopirates?
1: Y- yes, actually, that happens. For example, and there are people that come to the Amazon forest, extract plants, uh, insects, fungi and they create products out of it and they don't give any credit to the people that live there that showed them the plant that was used for that uh, product that was created. So there is a lot of piracy actually. And one of the goals of this project is also to help people from those regions, the natives, to see the value out of what they have and not just give the information for free and not getting anything out of it.
0: When it's open source, it creates awareness and it um, allows people to see what they have. So who else is involved in this project?
1: The main partners right now are universities uh, from the region, from the the Amazon First region. And what we are trying to do, actually, the the Ismael and Carlos, the the Nobre brothers, are trying to do is to uh, get money out of the uh, Amazon Fund it's kind of uh, an open fund where um, anyone, but mostly nations, can donate to preserve the rainforest. We need equipment to create the idea, to create a proof of concept, at least a structure where we can show. Uh, it's kind of show and tell what the platform can be used for.
0: All right. So you mentioned proof of concept. How long will it take you to create that proof of concept? How do you see this project evolving over the next five years? Well, my
1: hope is to have a better version of the system uh, online within the next two years or so. Running at first with some research groups from universities mostly, maybe a few NGOs that are more engaged. After that, if everything goes well and we are able to show the system's ability to create value uh, within its first year of existence, probably, then should go quite fast with uh, other partners and also from uh, the local communities engaging into creating the data, right? Without them, the the project cannot fly. I mean, uh, people from that region should be aware of the interests and be interested in participating into the, the, the project.
0: So where do you want to send people to find out more information about Amazon 4.0?
1: I can give you a place. It would be Google. (laughs) Uh, Just look for Amazon 4.0. There are many initiatives that are uh, discussed there, like the Brazilian nuts, uh, acai, even this biobank is also mentioned in a few places and should be mentioned more uh, in the next few months. So Amazon 4.0 is a, a good starting point to find out more.
0: Got it. So you can Google Amazon 4.0.
1: Yeah, it's the best way to do it.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Marcus, for being on the show and for putting your mind and talent to this meaningful conservation work.
1: Well, that was my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to All About Blockchain. If you have any questions about this episode or have any feedback for new episodes, please reach out to ubri at ripple.com. Looking forward to our next session.